Alright, let's keep it strange and uh, give it about 43% effort. When met with adversity, it feels like a curse to me. You'll only get the worst of me, and it'll be time for regret and seeing fools like Gary Glitter flicking their opaque nips for attention. And that's not to mention that the bathwater's poisoned and you can't soak, so just stay up. For LeBron, it's a layup, but you can lay down next to that double-ended thrill dough. So let's embrace the flaws, and this time, this time, the time is ours. None of that meant a fucking thing. Hey, everybody! Oh, we are back! It's Nooner with Adam. Hi, I'm Adam. Oh, my, my, my. What is up, my regal yet dirty secret lovers? Oh, it's been a, it's been a little bit. It has been a little bit. And I don't want you to forget. I don't want you to forget about me. Nuh-uh. So remember that I'm a man of numerous indiscretions, and I am your host. <laughs> Welcome to Nooner with Adam. Uh, I want you to know that I am starting a Pussy Riot tribute band, and it's called Vaginal Upheaval, and you're all welcome to join. Tryouts are Tuesday. Guys, episode 11 of the Nooner. And fucking fantastic. We took a little uh took a little break. It was uh Labor Day weekend. Uh last uh last weekend. So you know what? In honor of laboring, uh chose not to labor. Uh except I was laboring. I was uh doing filming and uh and production work last weekend. So therefore, you know, just kind of held off on on doing the show. So, but I'm happy to say that we're back. And I'm also hap- not that happy to say that we're taking a break. Uh, very, very short break. It'll be short-lived. Uh, but uh, we are taking a, a break uh, from the world of podcasting for a little, for a moment. I just need to, there's a project that's been on my plate for a long time, and I need to wrap up the production work of it, and it's been too hard to juggle doing the podcast, and, you know, might be hard to believe, but I put in some effort into preparing for this, and, you know, writing bits, and fucking, you know, gathering things to talk about, and doing uh, show prep. I know, doesn't seem like it, but, you know, just pull back the curtain, there's some work that goes in, Uh, so need to just kind of shift my focus to just one thing, get that done, and then we can, you know, get back to doing shows, so we're talking, you know, maybe three or four weeks away, you know, from, uh, uh, from doing the show, you know, I might pop in and do some random small things here and there, you know, if something comes up, you know, there might be some special episodes or just nonsense like that, but, uh, for the most part, though, we're taking, I don't even like the word hiatus, but, uh, gonna be a small break, uh, you know, daddy's gotta, daddy's gotta go and, uh, get some things done out of town, 
And then, when that is accomplished, I'll be back and we'll get on our back to our regular schedule of weekly, weekly sodes, uh, Sunday afternoons. It'll be fantastic. So, just wanted to, just right at the top, right from the uh, jump, let you know. You know, this is an episode that we're going to do, full episode, lots of fun shit planned. Uh, but then after this, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a drought of uh, shows uh, for, you know, three or four weeks. But then we'll be back. Can't guarantee better than ever. But we will be back. But for now, that's, you know, that's, that's you know, at the end of the show, we say goodbye. But right now, we're in the thick of it. Oh, we're cracking a beer, and this is some Nooner with Adam, episode 11. La conchita de tu madre, tu madre, tu madre, la conchita de tu madre, tu madre, tu madre, boludo, boludo, bandido, licho, licho, boludo, boludo, licho, bandido, bandido, licho, licho, boludo, boludo, licho, gene, licho, gene, licho, boludo, gene, boludo, I hunter, boludo, boludo, licho, licho, boludo, tagatiba, boludo, boludo, licho, licho, boludo, bolanos, boludo, bolanos, boludo, boludo, licho, licho, bolanos, bolanos, licho, bandido. That only means one thing. My Rosetta Stone got here. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, big show. Big, fun show today. Um, so we got some of that house, housekeeping out of the way. Um, so let's go down what we're going to talk about today. We're diving right fucking back in we're picking up where we left off uh with the uh kentucky snake church and uh pastor code man who got uh who got bit we're diving right back into it so we're gonna do that of course we got some come on wisconsin really we're doing some of that absolutely uh not avoiding that whatsoever we're gonna talk some. Uh, we're gonna talk about some culinary things as well. I'm not gonna try and attempt to eat another gross food on the show because that didn't go so hot. Uh, however, there's some things happening in the culinary world that need to be uh, discussed. Uh, we're gonna go over some news, and then we're gonna wrap it all up in a nice fucking little tight bow. Oh, like a good-looking bow with an alien channeler who claims that he speaks directly with extraterrestrials so you know the usual standard 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 shit uh that we cover here at nwa huh yeah all right uh what else before we get in back to the kentucky snake church um Listen, I'm going to just throw a lot of things at you real quick because I don't want to waste time. I don't want to, uh, uh, ba 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 you know, I want to meander, you know. This isn't a walk in the park. This is just fucking just running down the block giving you fucking information. Uh, so I'm going to just throw a lot of things at you. I'm going to say this. Some of the things I've been doing lately and enjoying lately that I uh, recommend and that I like and I think are worthwhile. Um, I think you should see the movie Arizona. That was fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, you know, I talked about it in an earlier episode here where I kind of shit on him a little bit for that hunting movie uh, that he did on Netflix. But Danny McBride in Arizona, fucking amazing. Uh 
fantastic. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I mean, you know, uh, it was the perfect blend of dark comedy that got darker and crazier, and it was such an enjoyable watch. Uh, you know, rarely, you know, it's hard for me to pay attention to things and just give my undivided attention, but no, I mean, with Arizona, it was what the fuck is going to happen next, and it got darker and scarier and fan, and, you know, there's still comedy elements, but Dan McBride, fan-fucking-tastic in Arizona. Highly recommend Arizona. Um, let's see. Uh, Listening wise, you need some new music. Check out a band called Super American. Holy shit, they've knocked my dick in the dirt. Oh wow! I mean, they're they're just the catchy fucking indie pop uh, that they that they write is amazing. Uh, their new or their first full length record, uh, Tequila Sunrise, I think it's called. It comes out. Next Friday, so this coming Friday, if you're listening, uh, on the whatever fuck 9th of September, Sunday, September 9th, uh, yeah, comes out this Friday. Super American, super good band. Oh, wow. I mean, I've, I'm listening, that's all I've been listening to is their music, and they have, you know, some very like small, sporadic, like EPs that they've released over the last probably only a year, year or two. Uh, but no, they make some fantastically catchy music. Pretty much everything they do is like an earworm. It's just, you know, they got, they got hooks upon hooks. Oh, I'm hanging coats on those hooks, man. No, they're fucking great. So, uh, you know, rarely do we do complimentary things on the show, but see Arizona, listen to Super American. You know what else you should see? The entire, um, there's what, five parts? Uh, is that a, uh, oh shit, here's where the kid exposes himself for being shitty at math. Cinco, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the Spanish thing is for five, uh, which... Cinco, yeah, Cinco, right? Uh, Cinco Trilogy, no, it wouldn't be a trilogy. Cinco Chronicle. (laughs) Oh, wow, let's have another beer. Really, like I said, pulled back the curtain that I am not a man of of learned things. Uh, Either way, there's five episodes. Five separate episodes of uh, the Imposter Legends, uh, the sketch group that I co-run, Imposter Legends. We got a little five-part sketch series called Art Gallery. All the parts are up, including a blooper reel, which is always fun. And it's just me laughing at things. <laughs> um, either way, super, super fun. Please uh, head over to ImpostorLegends.com and watch all five parts of art gallery you won't regret it you shan't regret it a lot of fun a lot of fun i hope everyone enjoys uh that series uh so much fun to make and we're stoked to have it out and like i said it's our first like uh episodic kind of uh taking sketches and turning them into like mini episodes so an episodic sketch series about two uh, former lovers and, uh, and their art and a hijacked date night is essentially the best way to describe it. You're going to, you'll be taken into, uh, one of the strangest art galleries there ever, ever conceived. 
Uh, so that uh, that is Art Gallery. So please head over to ImpostorLegends.com and check out Art Gallery. All right, I think we got the random stuff out of the way. We got a little, a little bit of plugging out of the way. I think it's time, kids. My my lovers, my lovelies, that we head back to the Kentucky Snake Church for more rattlesnake church. So, where we left off, you know, we got the we got all the insight and the exposition of uh, of this of this pastor in backward back back backwards. And backwoods, uh, Kentucky Church. Um, the uh, ha, I'm not sure how many generations of uh, snake handling pastors this went down, but either way, uh, we meet Pastor Cody, the Code Man, uh, and his oversized fuchsia suits. And uh, we learn that uh, his father was the the last snake handling pastor at this church and then he was bit and then he died and then it was set up for you know uh maybe got bitten on purpose this whole thing i believe very little when it comes to uh documentaries and uh and uh any kind of reality uh tv but either way they set it up that oh his wife thinks about every day that he could get bit and what could happen and the ramifications and you know what would happen to their shitty children and things like that you know and every member of this church looks alike it's real real creepy um you know we're really delving into a part of america uh that we don't necessarily get exposed to that often but either way so they kind of you know they pretty much they're they're conducting this in one of those like their church is a like i think i said in the last episode it feels like one of those like moving pods that you keep in your driveway for two weeks and you're just moving shit from your house out there and preparing that and then you travel uh with the pod and then you unpack it at your new place i mean it's like a little like square like tin warehouse uh with uh with seating uh and then they then like every member of the family plays in their band and this that and the other so they set the whole thing up in part one that we covered on the last show uh and uh, at the end of part one obviously of course conveniently when the cameras were there he gets bit by a snake mid-service you know just takes a chunk you know right right by his ear uh and then he's bleeding while preaching and then you know after a few minutes he's fading and you know by the time um the uh, part one ended uh, he, he's taken out, he's being, uh, you know, they're, they're carrying him out of there and people are, you know, putting their hand on his shoulder and speaking in tongues and it's real, real strange. So that's kind of where we left off. I think they're gonna, they're gonna recap us a bit here. Uh, we might, uh, we might do a little fast forwarding. It's a part of the Bible. It's a part of what we're supposed to do. And I'm going to put that before anybody. Oh, and he's bit, and he's bit. They're dragging him out. And they're trying to convince him to go to the hospital. My life inside the snake church. 
part two. Okay, so we're picking up at one week later. Okay, so... They're not giving a lot of details, or they're really tickling our asses with a feather here with uh, some surprises just one week later. Sunday morning started out like any Sunday at the Middlesbrough Church. The Abrams family was there, and me and little Cody, and wife and the kids and everybody. And he's preaching on the signs. I seen him raise his hand up. Next thing I know, the serpent he had in his right hand had struck and bit him in the side of the face, and he's pouring the blood. Great commentary by Big Cody, by the way. And yes, he has not changed his overalls. He's just sitting in his truck. He's giving us the rundown of what we've already witnessed. Let's see. When I looked up, he was coming up to the Bible stand there, and he had blood on his shirt. He was coughing, like, really bad. I thought he was coughing up blood. I didn't know. But he could barely breathe. Like, his throat was starting to swell and stuff. Okay, so now we're getting into the confessional interviews with everyone, giving the recap. But you know what? Who we're not going to? Probably the best person in the entire scene. If you watch this here with our uh, on our friends Barcroft TV, who have brought us... So much content here on Nooner. Uh, there is a, I don't know, um, I, I, I don't know the what they are. We'll just use the they, them uh, type rule that now we have to uh, do. But uh, there is a individual in a very large blousey pink shirt that is sitting in a uh, power chair. Uh, you know, like a rascal in the corner. I want to see that individual interviewed. I want to get their take. I want to get their recap on this. I hope we, I hope we do. And All right, so Big Cody's carrying him out. He's got his hand on his ass. He's finally getting to fulfill some fantasies. I like it. To the mountaintop and let him die. Oh, that's extreme. If he was going to live, he'd live. If he was going to die, he'd die on the mountaintop. <laughs> I said, Cody, do you want to go to the doctor? Do you want to go to the hospital? Because Brittany said, mom you need to ask him, please ask him. I don't even think he knew what's going on. Now they're saying, promise you won't call an ambulance. Sound logic. The fuck, these people are stupid. I don't know. All right, well, now they, that just, did I think he was going to die? Yes, I did. Clearly he lived. People beat in the face. I guess the whole thing probably wouldn't have been uploaded if he died. Or dead in five I'm taking minutes. it, he's alive. I mean, his own daddy got bit in the hand and in seven minutes was dead. I said, I know you don't want to and you don't agree with it. I said, but let's go to the doctor. There cannot be a reputable doctor in anywhere within this vicinity. I mean, do they take him to the vet? Like, I, I, I'm more intrigued than anything as to who this doctor that they take him to is. As soon as he got behind the doors... Appalachian Regional Healthcare Middlesbrough Hospital. 
Oh, no thanks. If I'm struck with a uh, terminal illness or uh, something uh, something tragic like this. Yeah, I don't really want to go to Appalachian Regional Hospital. In Middlesbrough Healthcare Facility. Yeah, no, I, I, I highly doubt that the doctor has all his digits. And he probably has, uh, you know, some kind of water on the brain disorder. Yeah, no thanks. I'll take my chances on the mountaintop. Maybe maybe he's onto something there. At Middlesbrough, they call Code Blue on him. When Cody first arrived at the ER, it was difficult for him to communicate. He became very swollen in his airway. Where the snake actually bit him was close to the temporal artery. So he's lucky that he didn't bleed to death prior to arriving at the hospital. Not that much blood. Come on. Seriously. I had a nosebleed at 2 in the morning the other night. Um, I bled more then. I mean, it's blood. It's substantial, but it's not... It's not bleed out and die. Come on. Not a doctor. After the ER physician was able to secure an airway for Cody, they were able to airlift him to the University of Tennessee Hospital where he remained on life support for quite a while. They didn't know for sure that he would even pull through. Okay, now we're at two months later. All right, yeah, you know what? This is why snakes are really nothing to fuck with. Holy shit. I mean, they're showing some of the pictures of him. He's just fucking swollen up. His head looks like a grape. Yeah, yeah. Don't fuck with snakes. There's a reason, uh, you know, that we, we exist separately. They don't like us. They don't want to be handled by us. Fuck. All right, so two months later. So ten days in intensive care. And he's been recovering at home. However, the effects of that day are far from over. He's still having some effects from being bit. He's not really wanting to have to take care of everything. He's a little bit more snappy than he usually is. You know, he's got a lot on his shoulders now than what he's went through. Okay, so Big Cody in his overalls is apparently now head pastor in, uh, in, uh, in little Cody's uh, absence. I believe, I believe if I'm understanding right, that is uh, the current situation. And now we got his mom making biscuits and gravy. It's a whole thing. I felt it bite me. And uh, within seconds, it started tangling. I knew how bad it was going to be. And I just told myself not to fall. It scared Brittany too bad. I couldn't breathe. I was worried that I was going to lose my bowels, but I couldn't feel nothing at all. You know what? He he had the cognizance to be like, all right, got to finish this, uh, this service here. Don't fall and don't shit your pants. That was A and B. I just knew my throat was swelling closed. I knew I was going to die the way I felt. see light or darkness or what? How'd it feel? Did you really think you died? 
This is a fantastic redneck meal they're having here. Not to keep pausing it too much, but the uh, the main ingredient uh, that they have, the centerpiece on the table, just a bottle of generic ketchup. Uh, you know, he's got a healthy sized glass of Mountain Dew. Uh, you know, I think there's some. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what they're eating. Some kind of barbecue and and uh, you know some hungry man taters. You know, along with some uh, some baked beans or some shit. It's great. This is a great redneck meal they're having. Well, I know that I died. I closed my eyes and I woke up laying down somewhere. But I remember when I got up and there was like a, a, a tunnel, but I seen light at the end of the tunnel and it was kind of gray. And I told myself at that moment that I was dead. And I was, and I remember hearing somebody say, "Why is this kid wearing pink dress pants?" So I'm like, "Why'd you bring me back? Like, why didn't you just leave me dead? I was better off. I was almost into the lot." How you feeling, Dad? Feel like maybe there's part of me missing. I'm always wore out, and don't feel like I'm gonna be able to go another day. I'm always having chest pains, you know, and I always feel bad and puke my guts up or about passed out. You know, I've pushed for the church, I've pushed for my job, I've pushed for my family, and it's uh, it's taken a toll on me. Wow. Mentally, I feel like it's changed me forever. I love you, baby doll. Love you. Cody has suffered trauma from this bite, long-term effects. He's currently struggling on the right side um, of his face where the bite was initially made with double vision and a lot of visual disturbance in general. I don't think Cody will ever really be back to normal. But maybe it's an improvement. I mean, you know, the old code man wasn't that great, let's be honest. I know Cody was in bad shape when he got bit, but it was scary because Dad died. Yeah. But I didn't think he was going to die. Like, I thought he was okay. You fell apart in here. I felt weird that night. I don't know how I would deal if something happened to Cody. Because Cody's just that force that keeps you in line. Ah. The scene here, she's on the one of the dirtiest couches I've ever seen. She has... <laughs> Just a gigantic owl statue as the uh, as the end piece of the couch. <laughs> I mean, it's taller than she is. I highly suggest watching this. Seriously, it's just this gigantic, like Native American white owl that <laughs> it's got to be like two feet tall, and it's on the end table. I think she has a package of gummy worms from Bass Pro Shop. I see the Bass Pro Shop logo, and then there's a boom box next to the owl. This is fantastic. Oh, but this is like upper, esch upper echelon white trash, though. I mean, that, that owl statue, those can't be cheap. Wow. Uh, yes. Uh, real rural here. Up. Oh. He's up, he's moving around, he's buying flowers. We're going to see my dad's grave. Oh, shit. The night that he got bit. Uh, he been bit so many times. 
that snake bit him, you know, I just figured we was gonna go to the house and set up all night like we always did. Man, was I wrong. So the plan for the snake bite is when you're bit, yeah, just gotta lay there with the person and hang out. No. You know what? Yeah, medical treatment might have been the better option there. He's been bitten so many times, I just figured we'd go through the regular process like we always do of laying him down and just kind of sitting around him. How many times do you survive with that method, then? He makes it sound like it was several. This is insane. When so now he's at the grave. That seems kind of boring. Uh, da, 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 skipping around. Oh, okay, this is what we fucking want here. This is what this is what we all came for. All right. I obviously we knew. Okay, he's gonna survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't put this out if he didn't. Okay. This is when he so when he gets back in the game. This is the this is the story of a of an athlete that gets injured. This is the comeback here. Okay, you think you know what it is? Yeah, he's going back to the snake pen to pick him up some snakes and get back to preaching and handling snakes. That's right. They got the shot of him walking back in to the little snake house. It was a week before I handled a snake when I got out of the hospital. Holy shit, a week? And again, we throw in the fake snake noises. Enough. Enough. I've never been around them sometimes. Fuck off. I'm a little more jumpy than what I used to be. When they strike or jerk, I jerk and about jump back out of my skin. Oh, he's back in the game, but not, you know, but not, not without the scars. That's right. This is like, this is Michael Jordan coming back from an injury here. He's got his snake stick out, and he's, he's going to pick one up. Uh, Again, this mix is so horrible. Come on. All right, yes, they make rattling noises, but, I mean, there's like a dozen of them in there. They're not making this insane wall of noise rattling. Get better, Barcroft TV. Unless God's moving on me, I'm, I'm very, very... Scared snakes now. If Lil Cody went to the hospital, he probably died. His throat closing up as fast as it was. I don't really think I would have died if I wouldn't have went to the hospital. I mean, I believe God spared me over for another day. Wait, you... Did he just say... Sorry, I was looking at some of the photos of him again. They're just swole up. His face was looked like it was about to explode. Okay, I believe he just made the statement of, "Yeah, I don't. Th- I think I would have been fine without the hospital. In the hospital, the the medical staff, whatever they did, mm, you know, it wasn't it wasn't them. He would have made it." Without I don't them. really think I would have died if I wouldn't have went to the hospital. I mean, I believe God spared me over for another day. Why? Can't say, don't know. It was God's will, and that's the way we see it. If he died, he's going to die in a hospital or not in a hospital, so. Before I used to come out here and get snakes, before I would come, before anybody could get here and get snakes out. And, and now I like to have somebody with me, that way they can help me. Uh, 
I guess just a part of being nervous, so I'll call Big Cody and have him come down. Ah, Big Cody. I was there for little Cody. It's a beautiful thing, the relationship. All right. Everybody says God's will. Hey, taking him to the hospital, it might not have been God's will he went to the hospital, but it sure was God's will that that boy lived. The idiocy. It wasn't God's will that they went to the hospital, even though that happened. Not to get into a big religious dissertation, but that you're picking and choosing here uh, what was God's will. It wasn't God's will that we took him to the hospital, but it was God's will that he lived. Wouldn't it both be? I think they would both fall under that category. Big Cody. It takes his time a little bit more when he's talking about things. He's not just Oh, good. In. Good. That's what we need. A southern person to kind of meander more than they already did. Perfect. All right, now we're getting the ominous music and the, and the fucking insert shots of the snakes. It's great. We're really setting a scene here for nothing because nothing's going to happen. Want to get a hood? That's why I don't like not having help. All right, so now they're just now they're just fucking with the snakes. He put his little snake stick in there, and the snake bit the snake stick. It's a whole whole thing. So now we're reestablishing that snakes are dangerous. Yes, yes, rattlesnakes are dangerous. That's way more than usual. Yeah, that's why. That's why we're doing it. It only takes a pinhead of venom to get you. Quit! Don't do that. <laughs> now, Big Cody, and it might have been his years of methadone uh, abuse. However, fearless. He's sticking his hand in there. He's fucking with it. He's making Big Cody nervous. Or Little Cody, rather. Uh, fucking, <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> Why must you do that? You're making me a nervous wreck over there. Oh, God. When the snake beat him in the side of the head, it drugged down. And it pierced his ear and filled the inside of his ear up with venom. And it was pouring out his ear. And every time his uh, heart would pump, it'd squirt like a water hose. <laughs> Accurate. And they're just, uh, they're just having a laugh about that as they hang out in the, in the snake house. Fantastic. Like about now, I'm not dead. Could have been. But that was not. Now they have their now they have their briefcases filled with snakes. <sighs> They're the definition of assholes. Not fun at all. I'd say some of the reason that I got bit is because I shouldn't have cameras in the church, and I wasn't waiting on it like I need to. I was just handling snakes behind. Wait, now he's blaming the Barcraft documentarians for being there? Shouldn't have had cameras in the church. Shouldn't have exposed us. That's why I got bit. We've done that so much. Good thing you brought them back for part two. Before, and you know, I didn't get bit, but that time it caught up to me. Little Cody thinks he got bit because he let cameras back in the church. Myself, I don't believe that's why he got bit. Great. I think Little Cody got bit for disobedience. 
If it was left up to me on that, I'd have cameras in church all the time. The Bible talks about it being published and preached unto all the world. It's illegal to handle snakes in the state of Kentucky, but when it comes to man's laws and God's laws, I'm going to obey God's laws. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So maybe that's why they didn't want cameras there. It's illegal to do what they're doing. So maybe he just got what he had coming to him. So now, to end this up, there's a minute or so left. He's wearing a snakeskin suit now. That's a big old fuck you to the snake community. Will I ever stop being uncertain? Whenever I end up dying, leave this block of life where I get beaten killed by one, then I'll quit. Even through all the snake bites that Ain't I've no quitting big suit, Cody. I've never, ever sat and thought about if it was different in the Bible. You know, I wouldn't have any other way. It's my he way. He has his briefcases filled with snakes. And he's wearing a fucking snakeskin suit. That's a lot of snakes. Even, this is little Cody we're talking about here. But little Cody's not that little. He's, you know, he's an average dude. He's got a little beer gut on him. Uh, it's still a lot of snakes to make us see. Everybody's got a way of life they wouldn't change. Where I've been born and raised into it, it's in my blood. Snake handling is in my blood. Oh, and so is the genes of your inbred family. We took up servants at Dad's funeral. It didn't change then. It wasn't going to change for him either. I've been told the boys, I said, if I get snake bit, just take me out of the hospital. If we stopped every time somebody got bit, we'd never be at church. You know, people be so scared they wouldn't ever care. I'm fairly certain that if Cody were to be bitten by another snake at this point in his life, he would die. That's their medical opinion there. Nobody that could ask me or persuade me to stop snaking. Nobody, not my kids, not my wife, not my mom. If my own daddy come back from the grave and asked me to quit, I'd tell him to go back, because I won't quit, never. You stupid, you stupid, you stupid, you stupid, you stupid. And there we have it. Wow, Ah, Kentucky Snake Church. (laughs) Oh, guys, that was was riveting. Getting to learn about the different cultures and shit that we don't normally see that we... That we don't want to think about. But good, the code man, live and kicking and still handling snakes like a fucking dummy. And speaking of fucking dummies, let's keep it going. Let's keep it rolling here. The little segment that we call Come On, Wisconsin. Really? This is where we expose and talk about, you know, just some of the worst things. Uh, in the state of Wisconsin, 
And you know, we're not talking about our our history of uh, of murders and uh, you know other nonsense. No, no, no. It is it's nothing. It's not the bad you know people. It's you know classically bad people. Uh, it is the shit that we should just be like, whoa. Let's not be proud of that. I, you know, it's it's things that are uh, just some of these shit people that doing that are doing just shitty things um, and making the state look bad. Because there's lovely people here. There really are. Uh, however, you know, just like anywhere else, they're not getting the news coverage. The good things kind of get swept under the rug. But then things like this are either you know, uh, shown in the news and showcased and kind of like, whoa, you know, uh, shit on, uh, because they're, they're awful. Uh, but then some things are lauded, you know, like we've covered the asshole at eight thirty thousand Big Macs, things like that. Things that we just shouldn't be proud of is what the point of this segment is. We do it every week. Um, it's a little bit different each time, but this time, you know, like I just talked about there, the fucking Big Mac douchebag, um, you know, again, it just makes us look bad as a state, um, and this one is all about the records, uh, someone sent me a link to, you know, uh, like 15 or so of world records that was people in Wisconsin have, have achieved, uh, using that very loosely, um, and, uh, you know, so I was able to review the list. I want to pull out some highlights because we've already talked about a couple of them. So we've touched on some of the, some of the awful world records, uh, that the people in this state own and have, uh, but here's some that we have not touched on. So this, this segment, this week's come on Wisconsin early is all about the, uh, records, if you will, um, so, these are embarrassing, non-important records uh, that have been uh, that have been made. I'm not going to say that word achieved again uh, by people here. So it's a real master list. So let's, uh, in no particular order, I just pulled out a few of them because uh, I don't want to do want to do a list um, or a long list, anyways. So. The first one that stuck out to me is the largest collection of Smurf memorabilia is held by someone in Wisconsin. So it says here that everyone has their thing. For many people in Wisconsin, it's the green and gold. And by the way, opening... It's not opening day. Game one of the Packers season today, tonight... Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking keep drinking through and through until game time. That's my weekend. Anyway, so yes, for most people in Wisconsin, it's the love of the Packers. But for one Gerda P. Shures, it's tiny and blue. The Rippin' Wisconsin woman set the record for the largest collection of Smurf figurines and plush toys, along with t-shirts and anything else that you can imagine that feature the Smurfs. 
When the record was set, her collection stood at 6,320 pieces of Smurf memorabilia. And it's been documented to be more than 7,000 pieces of Smurf memorabilia from this woman, holding the record for most Smurf stuff in uh, the world, I guess. And she lives in Wisconsin. So many, so many things to say. Um, I mean, how do you like a show? How do you like anything that much? First of all. And then, secondly, how do you like something so inconsequential or, you know, not that intriguing or interesting like the Smurfs? I mean, that's not... Doesn't seem like a cult kind of show that you really latch onto, and that the, the the content of that show is so unique and original and great. You know, like it's not, I get you know what I get love for like The Simpsons or things like that that really have had uh, staying power and create some you know unique episodes and memorable characters and things like that. But like, legitimately. I mean, all the Smurfs look like the same, right? I, you know, I don't know. I don't have a vast amount of Smurf knowledge. Uh, they're the little blue, like, butt plug looking creature things, right? Um, I don't know. I didn't have much of a childhood. So cartoons are not my thing, so I can't really speak to it. But I will say this, and I think I've mentioned it before, but don't be obsessed with anything seriously people that are obsessed with one topic or one thing oh stay away from those people all right they're they're only going to drag you down all right you can like things you can like a lot of things you can like one thing whatever but obsession about anything is disgusting it really is it's no way to live because you, you, you obviously have a mental illness if you're collecting anything, you know, to a large degree. If you got a small insert here, whatever collection, fine. You're into it. That's fine. It's seemingly just kind of a thing you do. But when it becomes, in, once you venture into the hundreds or thousands of, of, of pieces of memorabilia, mmm, then we've transferred into, we've crossed that line into, and the, beyond that threshold of, oh yeah, you know, there's a problem here. There's a mental illness here. So obsession over any one topic is no way to live. So this person, because of her Smurf memorabilia collection, hateable. I don't know a thing about her. She could be the sweetest person in the world. But if you really, if you're that, if you're that obsessed with anything, you're, you're horrible. Seriously. Because then your life is surrounded and predicated on, uh, uh, on collecting this, this, this thing, these little tangible items that supposedly make you happy, but they don't. You're just filling, you're filling a fucking void. Oh, so yes, any, anyone that's collecting things, 
Fucking stay away from them. They will drag you down. They're not someone that you should befriend. You're someone that you, you should give them real life advice. Like, hey, this is a mental illness. You know, no one should be obsessed with something. You know, I live my life, I like things. You know, I like a variety of different things. But there's nothing I obsess over. You know what? I'm better for it. Maybe there are things I obsess over. I, I don't know, but I don't collect anything. I don't, you know, I don't know. That's It's very childlike. I think it's, you're stunted as a person if you're creating and, and curating a collection of something. So either way. She is, uh, she is from Wisconsin, Ripon, Wisconsin. I don't know where the fuck that is. Either way, was another Wisconsinite that we should not be proud of for her Smurf collection. All right, what do we got next? The longest video game marathon of Minecraft. It says here, Green Bay, Wisconsin's Mark Walls Sochuk. Made Title Town proud in June 2016 when he played Minecraft for more than 35 hours straight. All right, there's a lot wrong with that sentence. Okay, Green Bay, Wisconsin, home of the Packers. No one there was proud that this autistic played the pixelation video game for more than a day straight. I don't know if he's a child. I don't know if he's an adult man with, uh, with again, a mental illness. But either way, no one was proud. This isn't an achievement. Anything video game related isn't an achievement. Okay, there shouldn't be sponsored video game teams. Um, that's asinine. It's absolutely fucking stupid. Okay, so no one was proud of him sitting there playing a video game for more than a day. Cool, you did a day and a half of of sitting in front of a screen. Yeah fucking proud fuck off that's not achieving something it's being a lazy piece of shit i don't know if this, again i don't know if this is a kid but either way if it is a kid he's on the wrong path uh the entire marathon session was streamed on twitch which i don't know what twitch is i hear twitch i hear discord i what a video games are something that you stop at um hmm early 20s, and that's being lenient. Uh, was streamed on Twitch, and he used the record-breaking run to raise money for St. Jude's Hospital. Okay, fair play. So he's collecting donations. Uh, somehow he did this without simultaneously breaking any records related to caffeine consumption. Okay, that's they're just trying to throw in their cute aside about how how he didn't drink coffee during this. That's that's lovely. Uh, again, I don't know if this is a kid or if it's a like a a grown man, but either way, knock it off. And again, I don't know a lot about Minecraft. I've had some good laughs at watching um 
like Minecraft uh, trolling, uh, like at conventions, like people making fun of Minecraft players. That's been delightful. Ooh, someone loves me. I'm getting a message. Um, ah, all right. Um, good, good. Uh, anyways, so I don't know. I don't know if it's a, uh, like I said, either way, you're on the right, you're on the wrong like path if this is, this is your thing. But yeah, I, again, I don't know what Minecraft really is. It seems, it seems like the Sims, but like with, uh, yeah, I don't know. Some, some, is there, is there like a battle element? I don't know. I'm completely out of the loop with that, uh, that sort of thing. But either way, if you're playing video games for more than an hour a day, again, there's a problem there. Especially if you're over the age of 24. Alright, the fastest time to drink a liter of gravy is also held by a Wausau, Wisconsin man by the name... Uh, his name was Steven Rupol. Just fight clubbing it. Okay, so the only thing to ask Steven Rupol, who accomplished this feat in a minute and 12 seconds in Warsaw, is why. That's the editorializing. Um, okay, so this is where the, uh, whoever wrote this list, this is, why, this is where they took the hard stance. They're like, uh, the, uh, the Smurf lady's delightful, the autistic playing Minecraft for a day and a half. Great. We love them. But the guy that drank gravy, a liter of gravy in a minute. Ooh. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? That's, that's just silly. It's just as fucking acidizing as anything else that's on this list. It just is. So either way, um... I wonder, just curious, I rarely do this, but uh, I wonder what Steven Rupel looks like. Just seeing if we can get some intel on uh, good old Steven Rupel, who's the gravy guzzler. Uh, uh, Wasa, man, yep, he's, he's, he's Google-Google-Google here. Um, he's a, oh, I think he's a big, uh, he's a big, um... He tries to break records, I guess. But he's a YouTuber. Um, either way, so the first three articles are about him doing different Guinness records. So he's done the gravy chugging, and apparently he was uh, tempted to wear 52 t-shirts at a store. Again, we just have some real shit people here. I just want to see what he looks like. Uh, it's hard to tell. Okay, local man breaks world record. This week we brought you the story of a man training to break a world record for most shirts worn while running a half marathon. While Steve Rupel broke the record of 51 shirts by 9, wearing 60 shirts and running the half marathon in 2 hours and 40 minutes. Now he's saving all those shirts for a very good reason. Yeah, there might be some other world records that could be broken with these. Um, but also if someone decides they want to break my record, um, I might feel inclined to break it back. So we'll see. <sighs> I think people are just bored. You know what? Here's what this is. This is people that have zero to contribute 
from an artistic standpoint to the world, but yet they want to put their stink on things. Um, so they do just stupid shit like this. I don't know. I might, you know what? Like I said, we're going to take a, we're going to take about a month, maybe six weeks away from doing the show here. I might try and brainstorm some stupid nonsensical, uh, world records that, uh, that I can, uh, that I can try out for. See if I can see if I can match some of this behavior here. But either way, so he he did the gravy chug. He's he's apparently run a fucking half marathon, wearing fifty one t shirts. Too bad it didn't restrict the circulation. Either way, another another complete ass from Wisconsin that thinks that they've done something. Uh, lastly, we have the tallest paper roll pyramid. All right. Around the time of the opening of a new, uh, department store in Appleton, the super center chain teamed up with Kimberly Clark to wipe out a record set in 2012 in Brazil. Puns, wiping, toilet paper, great, great, great. Uh, To set the new mark, uh, perhaps the uh, most disposable on the list, the more than a dozen volunteers, I don't even know if this is writing a shit, Uh, more than a dozen volunteers assembled a pyramid of toilet paper rolls uh, that stood more than 14 feet high and more than 19 feet wide. Uh, And it was made up of... 25,585 rolls of toilet paper. So I guess not one singular person owns uh, the toilet paper pyramid record, but collectively as a state, apparently, we do. Again, these are just things that we shouldn't be proud of. And we shouldn't be proud of of the people that achieve them. But yet, they're making the record books. So that's all I got there. That's all I got for, come on, Wisconsin, really? But again, if we've learned something, uh, if there's takeaways here, some teachable moments, it is uh, don't be proud of doing stupid shit just because you're like the first person to do the stupid shit or you've done it more than anyone else. Um, just do better. You know, uh, you know, if you got, if you got nothing, leave it at nothing. You know, you don't need to run a race with 50 shirts. What did that prove? What, how, how did that make anyone's life better? Uh, and again, video games, regulate it, all right? And don't be obsessed over anything. You know why? Obsession makes you an asshole. And people don't like to hear from you. They don't like listening to you, all right? So, either way, those are some of the embarrassing records just a few more that are uh that are held in the state of wisconsin and that is why the reason that these are just so awful is why we say come on wisconsin really let's do better 
Oh, let us all do better. And that is just... Yes, exactly. My mind's telling me no. But my body, my body's telling me yes. It sure is. All right, this one. This next uh, topic that I have to bring here uh, to you guys, ooh, really was the uh, something that uh, just fell right into my lap this week. Okay, um, it was one of the biggest, biggest surprises that I've had. So unexpected. So unexpected. I was just there minding my own business on a Monday night watching some tube. And out of nowhere, a commercial came on that showcased a product that I never thought I would see. There's a new pizza on the market. And it's Chef... It's spokesperson. It's the person with their name and branding all over the box. The Big O. That's right. Oprah has pizza. Oprah has pizza. When did this happen? Oprah has pizza. And it looks terrible. It looks real bad. Uh, but that's right. I was stunned in disarray and disbelief that the Big O herself has gotten in the pizza game. Oh. Is there nothing she cannot do? Listen, I wanted to be playing all these, like, fun, like, Oprah drops throughout this segment of, like, Oprah saying crazy shit and, uh, or yelling or screaming or something. It's proof that Oprah is just controlling the universe. Okay, I couldn't find a fucking thing. Like, there were just, like, no fun drops to play, to include. So... I have no idea. She is just still controlling the universe. You cannot make fun of Oprah, but damn it, are we going to try? Um, so when I saw this, I was just like, boom. This is absolutely something that we're going to discuss and cover on the show. You know, uh, I know a, uh, a food segment, uh, you know, not the best in the audio medium. So I, my immediate thought was, I'm buying this. I'm going to taste test it on the show. And that's what we're going to do. But then I got to uh, I got to my grocer's freezer section. And yeah, they had it. They got the Oprah pizza. 
you know? Uncured pepperoni, naturally rising. It was there. But it was also $7. And you know what? About five is where I draw the line for the budget uh, for a segment on this show. All right, ooh, that's $7 price tag. That wasn't going to happen. You know what? I would have just, I would have made it pre-show, and it would have just sat here, and it would have been gross. You know why it would be gross? Not because it's cold. There's nothing wrong with cold or lukewarm pizza. But why it would be fucking gross? The thing is half cauliflower. Half cauliflower. Cauliflower crust. Fuck off. That's not pizza. That's terrible. A cauliflower crust? Alright. Don't try and make pizza healthy, alright? Uh, seriously, fuck off with your margarita pizza and your pinto bean spinach pizza. That's not pizza, okay? Fucking pepperoni and sausage and beef and bacon. That's fucking pizza. Okay, fuck off if you put pineapple on there, too. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. Pinto bean and spinach pizza. That's, that's, that's flatbread for someone that's trying too hard. And that person needs to have their jaw caved in if you're fucking making, choosing veggie pizza. Oh. So then I, uh, so, so then I, I determined, okay, we're not going to buy Oprah pizza. We're not going to try it. I looked it up. There's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos already trying it, you know, and of course they've loved it. Every one of them has loved it. Oh, you can't taste the cauliflower. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, absolutely, I'm sure you can. It looks disgusting. They cut, they, they, they bake it, they've cut it open, you see, the, you see the chunks of cauliflower in the crust. Don't make pizza healthy, all right? It's not meant to be. Some things in this world are just as they are. And you shouldn't try and change them. And pizza's one of them. Okay? Uh, so I watched some of the reviews. Uh, everyone loved them. Everyone's putting Oprah pizza over. Big time. I think it's fantastic. They loved it. But it is asinine, though, that, uh, that uh, you know, Oprah now has pizza. But Oprah has more than pizza. Pizza's only like the newest thing. Uh, I, you know, I pulled up a uh, oh, oh, uh, news story here from uh, Adage, who apparent Adage, who apparently doesn't like the fact that I'm using ad blocker. Um, crazy. Uh, if Oprah Winfrey's love of pizza doesn't quite seem as genuine in new TV ads uh, as much as she has loved other things in the past. Because it's some of the dough that she is promoting is made of cauliflower. That's right. Even Oprah knows the idea of it is gross. <laughs> Seriously, watching these reviews, there's literal chunks of cauliflower in the crust. Just looking like little tumors beneath the surface. That's not how you want to consume pizza. Anyway, she says... This is what they're this is what they're positioning 
uh, Oprah food as is it's comfort food that loves you back. Fuck off. Uh, Winfrey uh, declares and spouts for the frozen pizza in her newest line of items in the Oh, That's Good! This is what she does. Oh, That's Good is what her food uh, line is called. And it, yeah, like I said, did not stop at pizza. Or actually, pizza's only the newest thing. She has, uh, this was unbeknownst to me because I hadn't found my way onto the, uh, the Oh, It's Good or Oh, That's Good website yet. But just wandering through the aisles at the grocery store, uh, you know, when, once I decided, nah, not going to spend $7 on Oprah pizza, uh, you know, I found my way over to the, uh, random freezer, uh, other part of the section there where I found, uh, Oprah mashed potatoes also infused with cauliflower the fucking cauliflower farmers of the United States and Oprah are in bed together everything that she's doing has cauliflower in it all three different types of her mashed potatoes are infused with cauliflower she has soups she has soups Potatoes and pizza. It's Oprah. Ruining good food. So I guess, I don't know, I'm very out of the loop on what Oprah's doing, but apparently this food line launched last year. Um, And all of them sneak vegetables in to the traditional comfort foods, giving them a health-conscious twist. One-third of the pizza dough is made with a cauliflower puree. Now, I, like I said at the jump of this show, not the most learned man, but I believe a puree means that it's fucking... has a, not liquid, but a pasty kind of uh, texture and consistency to it. But every video that I've watched of Oprah Pizza, you again, you see chunks of cauliflower. And to me, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a textures guy. And so if I, yeah, something like that really skeeves me out, like chunks of something in, in dough, unless it's cheese, um, really, really skeeves me out. Uh, anyway, so the, uh, TV commercials, uh, which are debuting, Feature Oprah delivering a pretty straightforward product introduction. And, uh, you know, there's multiple spots where she really doesn't seem to be that enthusiastic, they're saying. So they're they're questioning uh, Oprah's love, her true, genuine love for pizza seemingly isn't there is what they're what they're calling O out for here. Um, ba 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 ba. And so, now they're saying that um, the social media work is designed to resonate more directly with Winfrey's fans. In a video posted on Winfrey's Facebook and Twitter pages, she displays a more, uh, you know, exuberant feel as she unveils the pizza. 
and she gets ready for that uh, commercial where she does the cheese pull, <laughs> uh, garnering oohs and ahs and blah blah blah. All right, so let's let's take a look at what Some she's posting on social media here. It's called In the Kitchen with Rosie. Went on to become one of the best-selling cookbooks of. So that showed Oprah uh, pulling a piece of pizza and then dancing because it's so good. There's no way. No way that this is tasty. Um, then she talks about how um, Kraft, I guess she's partnering with Kraft, and this is their introduction getting back into frozen pizza. But yeah, she has mashed potatoes, soups, pizza. Oprah really fucking just taking over the food game, which uh, I, uh, I didn't expect. You know, when did this happen? But either way, um, again, like I said, there's cauliflower in all the Oprah foods. <laughs> all the Oprah foods are just brimming with cauliflower, which is the albino cousin of broccoli. If I know my vegetation properly, I believe, I believe that's how it works. Um... So I did some research, though, into why cauliflower is bad. Okay, there wasn't a lot of information. I had to, did have to dig deep. Um, but I looked into why cauliflower is bad for you. And, you know, not, not a lot of information out there, but there is some. And that is enough to believe lead me to believe that uh, Oprah's doing a bad thing by infusing everything with cauliflower. Okay. One of the biggest issues with cauliflower, gastrointestinal distress. Uh-oh, that's bloating, farting, and shitting. Okay. It says that cauliflower is a crucial vegetable. Like broccoli, huh? Uh-huh, I was right. And uh, Brussels sprouts, it's high in fiber. This is a fibrous vegetable, which, again, making you fart, making you poop. Uh, yeah, it's making you shit. So this pizza, because it is infused with cauliflower, it's going to make you shit more than any other pizza. That's my takeaway after I delved into some of this research. But, like I said, didn't want to spend the money to try it, and I won't. I watched upwards of three YouTube videos where they cooked it and ate it. I felt like a real schmuck because I'm watching people eat something on the internet. Um... But ultimately, listen, fine. All the reviews have been have been just fine. They've been good. Um, you know, they probably put some decent ingredients aside from cauliflower into these pizzas. And ultimately, let's face facts, it'll be better than DiGiorno. 
because DiGiorno tastes like the dick cheese of a carnival worker. Okay? DiGiorno is fucking disgusting. Okay? Absolutely. Worst fucking frozen pizza ever imaginable. It's terrible. So you know this is only going to grow, though. You know, Oprah, she's not going to stop with food, okay? It started with soups. She incorporated potatoes, and now it's frozen pizza, okay? You know she's going to keep putting her name on things, okay? I'm betting on... um, I'm betting on some kind of organic cleaning agent. I think that's where Oprah goes next. Like, she'll probably throw out some more foods, you know. Um, You can see some, like, Oprah fries, perhaps. Um, So she'll probably, she'll do the food thing for a while, but then the, oh, then she'll, you know, she'll throw out the, oh, that's amazing line, or, oh, that cleans, or, oh, that hurts. I, you know, she'll keep it going. Uh, so I'm thinking, like, she goes into that organic cleaning sector in that market next. You know, some all-purpose cleaner that's, you know, available and organic. That, I think, is a pretty safe bet. Or maybe she gets in the pasta game. Oster, oh, uh, the O, the big O, Queen O. Yeah, she could get in the pasta game. I could see that, you know. Or maybe she'll do something like improve the tampon. You know, or come up with, like, a line of, like, vaginal mints. You know, like, Altoids that you just pop up there. You know, make everything better. They say it's self-cleaning, but... Um, so, out of vaginal... Oprah's vaginal mints. <laughs> oh, that's clean. Uh, who knows? Who knows where she goes next? But she's off TV, she's bored, and she's getting in our fridges Oprah is just, she's everywhere. You can't, you can't stop Oprah. Can't. Oh, oh, wow. So that's that. That just, that just really struck me. Uh, you know, and it was just so, uh, it was so unexpected. Diabetes. When I was, uh, when I was watching TV and saw the Oprah pizza commercial. So either way, look out frozen pizza world. She is, uh, Oprah has, has arrived, and she is just taking over. Let me smash. All right, so I think it's time that we move on. Like I said, when, like, we always do a little bit of this every week, just to, you know, say that we can walk away learning something. Let's get into some headline news. But this week, we like changing it up. You know, sometimes we... Sometimes we do like the uh, you know straight news where we just cover some stories. Sometimes we we do the news in uh, the form of uh, slam poetry. This week we're changing it up. This is new. This is new. This is something on paper. Um, I thought would be great, and it might be fucking terrible. I don't know. Um, or at least when I thought of it in my head, and it made me go <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, give it a shot. Uh, you know, it seemed worthwhile, worthy concept. Um, then actually putting pen to paper on it. I don't have much faith in it. <laughs> I've lost all, all bit of faith in this bit. Anyways, it's called Headline News Combined with Reba McIntyre Lyrics. Yep. 
Just like most things on this show, <laughs> the title says it all. <laughs> um, it's literally going to be news headlines paired with Reba McIntyre lyrics. <laughs> oh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to give it a we're going to give it a whole shot. See how it goes. Let's get ourselves a little music bed going. <laughs> news combined with Reba McIntyre lyrics. Thieves. Thieves in Paraguay replaced police officers' rifles with toy replicas. The sunlight, the moonlight, are beyond my control. And there are stars in the heavens that I'll never hold. But if dreams give you power, then I'm strong enough to offer my heart and never give you up till you love me, till you love me. An 88-year-old man is arrested for allegedly burning a raccoon alive for eating his mangoes. His hands warm your body like the morning Georgia sun. You think you found forever in his arms before he's done. With honey dripping off his words, your passion takes him home. His lion lips won't tell you You'll be waking up alone. Missing monkey turns up at a McDonald's in Sweden. My cousin's getting married at the Methodist church. That's why I stayed home from work. I'm supposed to hold the flowers when the new bride kisses the groom. That's what I'm supposed to do. So what are we doing with the windows rolled down? 25 passionate miles from town. I love her like a sister, baby. But to tell the truth, I'd rather ride around with you. Twenty thousand bees swarm a hot dog cart in Times Square, shutting it down. I was born a stubborn soul, ain't afraid of the great unknown or a winding road that's all uphill. This is just a stumbling block, intimidating wall of rock. If you think that this broken heart will break my will. Florida town changed its name from Mayo to Miracle Whip. Grace works down at Walmart. For 13 years, she's punched the clock. Been 10 weeks without a day off. She never gave it too much thought, till one morning in the mirror, two lines opened her eyes, and suddenly it hit her. She still had the wings to fly. Attention shoppers, a two-for-one on broken chains.
shocked doctor discovers couple desperate for a baby didn't know how to have sex. A couple wanting a baby did not know how to have sex. She was flagging down the waiter. She was feeling about as faded as the flowers from that wallpaper. Nobody even asked her for ID when she walked in there. Don't know how long she's been there. She's been fixing up her hair and fumbling through her purse. She was tired of feeling lonely. She was tired of feeling old. She was hating the idea of going home alone. news combined with Reba McIntyre lyrics. You know what? I should have had way more confidence in that. Oh, that was great. Oh, yeah. No, that was a winner. That one might be coming back, but you know what? It probably won't. That might be a one-off. I take it back. Sorry. Really trying to think this through out loud. Um, it was really hard to find Reba McIntyre lyrics that were funny enough. Uh, just pulling back the curtain. Hard to find uh, lyrics that were funny enough and were different enough. Listen, I found that 90% of Reba McIntyre's catalog, which it's deep, all right? She's been around since before I was born um, and popular before I was born. Uh, all of the lyrics sound the same. They're legitimately just the same. I mean... I like to think that my material is pretty limited within stand-up and just the things I write about. Um, and it is the same for Reba. It is all about heartbreak, uh, a man leaving, a woman running away and feeling empowered, and then um, lots of driving from Oklahoma to different destinations. That about covered it, all right? Um, you know, I think there's some things about, you know, crib death, I think uh, there might be a few, a few lyrics about crib death in there as well in some of her lesser-known songs. But either way, it was hard to find some great Reba gems. But I think those were it. So I think um, I feel good. I feel good uh, about how that uh, about how that uh, that segment went. <laughs> So good. All right. We ready for some aliens? We ready to get fucking even weirder in here? I know I am. I, I completely am. Um... So this one I came across uh, this week as well. This alien channeler says that he speaks to extraterrestrials. So it's just this Hello. man Hello. with his receded we hair. Are we are the IEL. Oh, man. We are the IEL. And we are, would like to be of service to you today, if we can, in any... <laughs> So, uh, you know, he has used car salesman vibes. 
uh, you know, receded hair, but he's still trying. He's standing on a rooftop. This does not look like America. Um, and he's supposedly channeling them UFOs. In any way you wish. Hi, I'm Jonathan Martin. I'm an extraterrestrial channel. They're an extraterrestrial civilization. So this, again, you know what? This is one of those that I'm going in blind. I didn't watch this. This could be a gigantic flop. And if it is, we quit in two minutes. And then we call it a show. But if this is good, then we might stick with it either way. It's a short clip. But these are ten questions that you, you've always wanted to ask an alien Chandler. Uh, I'm not sure... You know, who posed the questions or who's even wanted to really talk to uh, an alien channeler. But um, these are the questions. So they ask, who is the Yael? Who is the Yael? Who I figured is a member of Migos. But apparently they are uh, an alien culture. From our future, they tunneled through to our timeline to reproduce with us and they're actually extracting um, semen and eggs from male and females and mixing our genetic material with their genetic material hot okay so they're space traveling time traveling aliens that are um jerking us off in our sleep is that what i'm to produce a hybrid race to help them to help prolong their civilization okay so that covers that one, apparently. Uh, question number two is, do you think humans will ever have consensual sex with aliens? Yeah, all of this seems to be uh, pretty you know, unwilling um, so far. You know, just within, like, you know, the, the zeitgeist of, uh, of things that are happening with, uh, with aliens over the years. It's never really been... The sex is never willing, um, seemingly. You know, there's a lot of what people uh, being tied down in in restraints and things like that, and uh, you know, being uh, being molested. And uh, okay, so but I guess this guy, according to this gentleman, uh, the purpose is to extract the uh, semen. So I mean, there's there's at least scientific reasons, and because they want to breed with us. So they're doing it for the right reasons. I mean, okay, so will there ever be consensual sex? Yes. No. Well, for, All right. Answers that. From what they teach, we're going to be a seventh hybrid race, and we're all going to have interbred with all the hybrid civilizations and the extraterrestrials, and we're going to be a new species formed. So, yes, so presumably to achieve that, we're going to be having consensual sex with these extraterrestrials. Extra ET fuckfest is what he's claiming. We're that's the direction we're heading, according to this guy. All right. Uh, now that's what they'll look like—the hybrid human aliens. A sort of um, a blend of the the gray extraterrestrial. <laughs> Be great if he just went Emma Stone. Next question. <laughs> I mean, like uh, Takashi Six Nine is what they will look like. Bill. And the humans. I don't know if other civilizations may be involved because there's um, well-known extraterrestrial races such as the Pleiadians are known as very beautiful beings. They sometimes call them the, like, Nordics because they're like blonde and long hair and like really beautiful. 
So now the question is, what do aliens make of humans? From what I understand, they view us as basically completely... Well, if they want our jizz, they gotta like us to some degree. Insane. When they see us worrying about things like death, they find it hilarious. And when they see us like running around like headless chickens just to create money, just to keep ourselves alive, and they know it's all a big joke because you can't die anyway, and they say even if we did die, you can choose to come back from the death state... Now it just ask what his friends yeah, and family think. Yeah, when I think. first came out with it, when I first started doing YouTube videos, there was a bit of Mickey taking for, <laughs> from some of my old friends, for sure. But I think generally they're a lot more supportive. I think people are just um, like to see me doing my thing, you know what I mean? Pe people like, yeah, well done, you know what I mean? We may not agree with what you're doing, but good on you for not worrying about what other people think and going out there and doing it. And that, that's generally the perception. <sighs> yeah, not the best, not the best uh, video. Uh, now it asks, do you have an alien best friend? I have one entity that's always oh, jerking me off. Or refers to himself to me as Tahini Ra. He's almost like me. <laughs> it's quite weird when I first saw him because it was like seeing me and another person. And so well, maybe your jizz got extracted years ago, and then uh, the Yagamites. Uh, Got together and made a made a mini version of you. I think that's a it's a fair assessment. Yeah, you could say we're best friends in a way like that. Has an alien ever hurt your feelings? Ha! Huh. <sighs> How are these the questions to ask? I mean, like uh, I understand the like um, I understand the sexier topics, uh, but now we're just. Now we're just asking him, like, uh, now we're treating him like a third grader that got home from school and we're asking about his day. Out of the process of spiritual awakening is uh, bringing to the surface out of any out of alignment where we have beliefs of lack of self-worth, you know, beliefs of not being loved, beliefs I'm useless, I'm a failure, I'm ugly. Can, it can He's had these conversations in the mirror very frequently, you can tell. Those were... He's rattling those off pretty quickly. Ah, oh. good, great. I hope this is yeah, question seven. To, um, darkest fears about yourself. <sighs> now can we ask some alien questions? Okay. Oh, okay. So they're gonna ask aliens questions through him here. So his channeling process is a lot like. Um, uh, you know, it's like some shitty yoga. He's doing some, See, some stretches. We shall answer to the best of our ability in this given present moment here in this time-space reality you call planet Earth. That's fake. Come on. He's really throwing out enough buzzwords there. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, uh, the Yagamites, they, uh, they're clearly very... Uh, yeah, very abrupt with uh, with their speech. That's the only thing. His speech pattern has changed. That's all it is. You have a message for humans. She buy, she buy. Oh, cool! He's singing some. Uh, is that is that Lou Bega? Is that Ricky Moton? Just throwing out some lyrics. Oh, Clearly, they're a little behind there, and they're uh, on their planet. Excitement. Follow your heart to the best of your ability in any given moment, without hesitation. Oh, cool. 
They're just into affirmations. All right. Uh, now they're just talking about Brexit. This is fucking dumb. All right. Either way, what a piece of shit. Hell no. To the no, no, no. Yeah, to the no. Hell to the no. To the no, no, no. All right, kids, it's been a blast hanging out with you today. I've enjoyed it. I hope you have, too. Like I said, we're going to take a little small break, all right? Just um, not even a trial separation, because I'll be back. I just got to finish up a production project. It's just too hard to try and do show prep throughout the week and get ready for this and do this and try and take care of the other things at one time. I can only I can only do so much at once. So I want to finish it. I want to just give one project my full concentration uh, and then come back and do this with you guys because uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, either way, thank you for all the... Uh, the niceties that people are saying about the show, I appreciate it. Uh, it's it, like I said, this is super fun to do. Um, so in about a month or so, there'll be that's when we'll pick back up with more episodes of Nooner. Don't worry, you know there's a back catalog to listen to. Got eleven episodes deep uh, now, so uh, so you can go back, you can listen to them again, whatever, or listen to them for the first time. Either way. Keep listening, and like I said, once I wrap up this project, I'll be back to doing this on the reg. Uh, until then, though, um, you know, please keep checking in on my official uh, official website. It's official because it's the only one out there. Uh, adwide.com. That's A-D-W-E-I-D.com. Also, at Adwide on Twitter, A-D-W-E-I-D. Um, working on finishing up my comedy album, not a feel-good story, but if you'd like a little preview of it, you can listen to the track, The Bodega, over at feelgoodalbum.com. And of course, like I said, uh, all five episodes, plus the blooper reel, uh, for our sketch series, Art Gallery, can be watched and enjoyed over at imposteredlegends.com. Uh, so please, please, please watch Art Gallery uh, over there. And, uh, you know, like I said, little, small little break here with the show. But please, keep telling your friends. Uh, get them into it. By the time they get caught up on shows, then probably I'll be back doing shows regularly again. Uh, so please uh, review, share, uh, you know, give some ratings in iTunes, write me sexy things. Either way, whatever. Uh, please, please tell some people about this, uh, about the Nooner. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And like I said, we'll be back in like a month or so, banging out episodes again. So until then. This is me telling you, be good or be bad. Just be you.
So until next time, be good. Or be bad. Just be you.